Hello. Welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And we're here to hang out and talk about weird stuff. Let's get spooky. Happy to have you. Let's Please. get spooky. Yes. Yep. This podcast comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps. And you can always find it on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb on Fridays as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, so I think you're going to kick off yep. the episode this time, the first topic of the evening. Yes, I am. William, I am going to talk about the... Warrens, as in Ed and Lorraine Warrens, a cult museum that was run out of their home in Monroe, Connecticut. I am excited to hear about this. Specifically, I'm going to talk about the haunted dolls that lie within. Multiple? Yes. It seems like the, the main... Like, what do they call that? Like stock and trade or whatever. Yeah. It's a lot of haunted, 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 haunted dolls. Dolls are their bread and butter. How weird. Yes, definitely. You're are transforming there. into someone from Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> well, I say haunted. That's is that that Long Island you haunted. Haunt, haunted. Ghostbusters. What do you want? What do you want? Haunt. Wait. Now I don't even know how I say it. Haunted whatever. Dolls. It's haunted dolls. Yeah. I think, okay? I think I'm just saying dolls weird. No, now it's normal. Okay. Because <laughs> I said haunted at first. I used to know strange. somebody who, um, uh, uh, I knew somebody who was from New York. Yeah. Did not have a New York accent. Mm-hmm. If she happened to say anything yeah. that had a hint of New York, she'd be like, oh, what? Was that my New York coming out? I know people always ask me to say dog. And, and like she would suddenly yeah. pretend that she always has this was, accent. like super New York-y. Was really excited to lean into it. Well, that's what it was like when we lived in Missouri. Like people thought that I was... So New York-y. Yeah. So they really did have me. They'd be like, say I, I walked my dog at the mall or whatever. And I think I said it a little bit more Walk than I... Dog at the mall. I mean, I just made myself say it like that. But right. it's... I think I used to speak a little bit more New York-y than I do now. Maybe. I feel like it's almost like it got bent out of me. Like, both yeah. of our parents are from New York, so they kind of have New Yorkish accents. When we moved to Missouri, maybe I, like, caught a little I bit know. of that, and I, like, kind of came in the middle. I'm under the impression that I have just sort of the white bread vanilla, like nobody's accent i think i have that with maybe a tinge of new yorkiness maybe. but when we moved so that when we were in missouri everybody thought i was super new yorky then we moved here and they asked me where i was from and i said missouri and they're like oh my god we know you have the cutest southern and i was like no psychosomatic. i just came from there yeah. where they all think i'm rosie perez and right. like there's no way as far as the the midwesterners think yeah <laughs> to be fair you were a founding member of the new yorkers club that is true. That can't be forgotten. I wonder if anyone will understand that. Don't explain it. I wonder if anybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, from about. like book club to book club days. I'm sure we exist. talked about yeah. it. Um, so anyway, haunted dolls. <laughs> now I can't say anything right. Haunted dolls in the Warren's Occult Museum. And the reason I'm talking about this is because Lorraine Warren died last week at the age of 92. So she had a really good run. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about this in honor of her. Yeah. Although... Just in the course of my research, her husband, Ed, factors a little bit more heavily than Lorraine does. She'll pop up in this, but it's this very Ed-centric episode. Okay. Um, who's also passed. So they had this museum in their house in Connecticut since 19 – or I shouldn't say since 1952, from 1952 to 2018. That is a long time. It's crazy to me that they started it in the 50s. I yeah. assumed that it was something that maybe started in like – if I even thought about it, I guess I would have thought it was – kind of modern like in the 90s and beyond no they had this haunted artifact hut in yeah. the 1950s um and they started it when they started the new england society for psychic research and it got closed in 2018 because of zoning issues so what i'm thinking is the conjuring came out in 2013 
I bet there was a big uptick of interest in the Warren's Occult Museum from that time on. And that caused whoever looks at zoning stuff to look into it. Whereas from like 1952 to 2018 or to to 2013, people probably knew about it, but wasn't that big a deal. And the popularity spike made them kind of crack down on it. It's the curse of getting a high profile. Yeah, exactly. Um, My friends Evan and Emily got to go there, which is really awesome. Like years ago, they took pictures and it looked super sweet. Um, so it has all kinds of cursed artifacts, either from cases that they were involved in. And I should mention, just in case anybody doesn't know. So the Warrens are the couple that are from that movies, uh, that movie, The Conjuring and its sequels and kind of feature in some of the Annabelle movies who were really well known demon hunters and ghost hunters and Lorraine was a um a psychic and medium and ed was one of the only non-clergymen uh like a authorized exorcists out there who was authorized by the catholic church to do these things even though he wasn't a priest so if you had a case of demonic stuff seeming to happen in your home or possession or something that you suspected was in that realm, you might call Ed and Lorraine Warren to come investigate and help you with that and exercise the demon or tell you to get rid of this thing that's maybe causing the problem or Lorraine would kind of communicate with the spirits in the house, whatever. How cool is it to have a go-to for this kind of problem? I know. I wouldn't know who to call now. No. During the course of this, like some of these artifacts that they're talking about, they're like, yeah, so this thing was giving them trouble and they'd heard of us. So they called us, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. it was just kind of for a long time pre-internet. I guess it was just how it worked. Like, did they reputation. have a card that kept getting passed around that people knew that the Warrens in Monroe, Connecticut were the people that you wanted to talk to about this? I would also posit that maybe they were somewhat in- infamous and notorious mm-hmm. yes. for people who were non-believers. Oh, for sure. If you were a believer, mm-hmm. you probably knew about them but there's also yeah. an increased risk that the activity you're perceiving is confirmation bias right so you can meet the warrants yeah. <laughs> it's true <laughs> if you're somebody who like idolizes the warrants right? then all of a sudden stuff starts happening yeah yeah that's totally true i wonder if there was ever a case of anybody who was aware of them and they were a skeptic and they were not about the warrants but then things started happening that kind of inherently proved the warrants oh, to them i would love i that. wonder i make it up i have yeah. no idea but i love the idea of that um, so anyway, that's who they are. And their house in the museum was all these artifacts, dolls and other things that either came to them because they were involved in cases that they worked on. So they took them out of that person's house to kind of put them in their own house where it's sort of safe. Or they were given to them by other people who just knew of them were like, hey, can you take this doll? It's really giving me a hard time. Or things that they just came across that were interesting. And I didn't find this specifically in my research, but I like the idea that they maybe kept them there because they felt like they could kind of seal them. Mm-hmm. Like this is a place that's sort of like where they're going to be contained and safe because we've got professionals on the job here, so they're not going to mess. So it's almost like you're entombing them, but rather than it being like a physical tomb, it's like a tomb of psychic energy that's holding them in. Yeah. Um, so here are some dolls specifically that are in the occult museum. The most famous one is Annabelle. Um, and I'm not going to talk about her because we talked about Annabelle before and it was in episode 23. So you guys can go check that out if you want to hear like the real story of Annabelle, not to, not to be too like, I'll give you the real deal, but I don't think that the movies that are part of the conjuring universe touch that much on what the actual story is is my impression i actually haven't seen them i've only seen the trailers for them same but it didn't seem like they really gelled that much with what the original animal story is yeah so if you want to hear what that is you can find that on guides the unknown unknown 
Guides the Unknown, episode 23. I think this is sort of off topic, but not mm. really. I think Robert the Doll, yeah. which we've talked about in the past. Yes. Um, I think there's a Robert the Doll movie being made, and similar to how Annabelle it rings a bell. had been a Raggedy Ann doll mm-hmm. uh, who got turned into a spooky thing for the movies. Yeah. I think they're not using that gonna... Swiss cheese looking oh. Nerf ball Robert yeah. the Doll for. He does look like a Nerf ball. Yeah, Robert the Doll has seen better days, I think. Yeah. I wonder if Theo's going to be in Scare it. Scare the crap out of Theo. <laughs> I hope Theo cameos in the Robert the Doll movie. I'm here to give you your <laughs> And then he has to apologize. The third <laughs> act is all Theo apologizing to Robert the Doll. I um I talked about it like a few episodes back and I don't remember which one it was, but um one of my former coworkers when I worked at the salon went to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum sometime in the last year. And I I I could be wrong. I, I don't know why I think this. I, I said something about Theo and he's like, he works there. He's there. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I don't think that's right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I think that my former coworker may have been getting swept up in the moment and me getting excited about Theo. I, I'd be surprised if Theo was there working at the museum. Yeah. I thought if we'd... one of you guys know about this and, and can tell me I'm wrong and I'm being smug and being like, you don't know, yeah. I'm more than happy to eat crow. But... And to be clear, Theo is Zach Bagan's like actor assistant butler guy yeah like an elderly butler with him and he has acting credits i just don't see him like working at the museum as a docent (laughs) i think that he's a method actor it's like live performance you can watch you know uh bert jeffrey's play his theo yeah, character right. in real life and watch him sweep the floor he was and like he was like yeah he's there he's there and i was like uh, yeah i don't know maybe maybe he would know better than i would because he was there but my understanding is that theo is an elderly actor right from a thing that was like you know five years ago right and i just don't see it happen yeah i have no idea <laughs> i don't get it but so here are some dolls from the occult museum that I feel like it's not impossible that could have something going on with them as far as entertainment in the future. The thing is, the stories aren't long enough. This is going to be a grab bag of a few dolls. That's fine. They don't have a ton of history to them, so that's why they might not have like a full-length feature. But like these stories are so crazy and cool. I feel like, I don't know, maybe there was like a Conjuring TV show in the future that went through and talked about like each artifact which is a very good idea anyway actually it would be they would be like episodes of that show yeah yeah what, right. what were you just laughing about no you just gave me an idea what <laughs> i don't want to say it. okay <laughs> all right so this first one is called the doll of shadows now i did very fun research for this episode i found a youtube video of a vhs tape called ghosts and beyond that someone uploaded whose username is nessa r and it's segments that that were um a tour of the museum with ed ed warren like guiding it and talking about stuff so i have some direct quotes from him about these things so the doll of shadows is this bizarre looking thing it's probably like a couple of feet tall it has a white face that i think may be a mask that they painted i'm not totally sure a head full of feathers like very unnerving weird makeup to look at and another feature that i'll mention in a second that's very scary and um so the segment it's and it's from like the 80s this tape it seems like somebody's following him around with like a kind of it doesn't seem like a very i shouldn't say that i was gonna say it doesn't seem like a very professional camera rig but everything from the 80s kind of looks like fuzzy like that so um it's him in in the museum and ed is like why is it called doll of shadows we'll just look at it 
<laughs> freaky looking. P.T. Barnum yeah. has risen. Well, just look at it. Why um, is my circus the best? I don't know. Go just, tr- try just, it out. Just visit. I will say, I don't think that I had heard Ed Warren's speaking voice, at least not that I remembered. And I was a little bit disappointed because I have an audiobook called The Demonologist, or maybe it's The Demonologists, about Ed and Lorraine Warren. And the the narrator of that audiobook puts on this extreme Boston accent that sounds like me talking about the, at the beginning of this episode, like equivalent. And so that's what I was expecting from Ed Warren. Yeah. And it kind of just had like non-regional diction. Like huh. we were talking about this guy was like really leaning into it hard and I really enjoyed it in the audiobook. It's like kind of fun to listen to. And I was like, what's he doing? And I was trying to remember if just maybe trying to give him some sort of a character. If I, Ed Warren was the kind of guy to just be like, I don't know. Come in and take a look. He's like, take a look at it. Let's 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 pump this guy up a little bit. Let's create so. a persona that will be Ed Warren. I was trying to remember if Patrick Wilson has a Boston accent in the movies or something. I don't know where it came from. I, I mean, so. I guess it must be that Ed Warren's from Boston, so the guy assumed. I don't Maybe, know, but yeah. I was surprised when I heard Ed Warren talking. I was like, that's not the demonologist's voice. Maybe they got a master thespian to read the audiobook. And he was like, well, what is my character? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, you play Ed Warren. Where is he from? Well, then I'll make one. Well, he's from Boston, but he only lived there for six months yeah. when he was a baby. From Boston, eh? You say? I'm from Boston, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's working. I'm getting it. Boston. Ba- that, there it is. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> do what you got to do, sir. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, why is it called the Doll of Shadows? Let's look at it. Um, he said uh, it, was, it was created for dark magic rituals, and it has human and animal bones throughout it making up the doll. Ooh. And there is a little, one little tooth sticking out of the mouth. Oh. I highly encourage you guys to look up what this thing looks like. The it Doll is, of Shadows? Yes. It Did is there used to be looking. more teeth? I don't know. Unclear. Part of, oh, also, so I enjoyed watching this VHS thing so much mm. that I saw, I did some other research just randomly online, but I decided to stick to just Ed Warren's source material about the Doll of Shadows because it's so perfect. I don't even want to know anything else that could color it or taint it. So as far as we know mm. from what Ed showed us, he was like, see, look at the tooth up there <laughs> or Ugh. something like that. So maybe it was just the one tooth. Maybe. Maybe whoever made it could only get their hands on one tooth. It was the last tooth they had. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if it's human and animal bones, like, I don't know. It, it is it, cool. They that were it's looking a, for like a, hu- it's, it looks like a human tooth. It looks pretty square. It's cool that it's like so, a hybridized abomination yes. creature. Yeah. It has like weird hands. It's very strange. So what he says they do, and this is his quote, they take a picture of this doll and they put the curse on the back. They send it to you. You look at it and you laugh, but it's not a laughing matter. <laughs> So, again, I wanted to just work with what Ed gave us. That's great. And not elaboration. I don't know who the they is in this scenario. Doesn't matter. They take a picture. They write a curse on the back. They send it to you. You laugh. It's not a laughing matter. (laughs) I don't know what else. That's so great. I know. So he says that once you've seen the image of the doll from the picture, it's in your head, and then it can project into your dreams. Because now you have that image living in your psyche that can come into your dreams. And it gives people terrifying nightmares that have even stopped some people's hearts. Oh, not, I'm into this. Not good. So it wound up with the Warrens after a couple bought it from an antiques dealer. I can't imagine... I can't imagine an antique dealer having... Well, I guess I could. Like a kind of a kooky antique people dealer. People sell all kinds of crap. 
I guess an- the word antique makes it sound like hoity-toity and fancy it to me. It implies a if level said, of quality. Yeah. If you said at a flea market, this thing would fit right in or whatever. But an antique dealer. Like, <laughs> or I found it. Yeah. Like, was it next to, like, the armoire? Because yeah. it's crazy looking. Whatever. It came to us. Yeah. yeah. There is one that comes to somebody, kind oh of. God. Okay. So, uh, so yeah. This couple bought it from an antique dealer. They brought it home. And then that night, the couple both had nightmares about the doll. Mm. And they woke up with scratches on their backs. They're, I guess they're like, well, that's peculiar. <laughs> the next night, they didn't change anything. They, they also have nightmares about the doll simultaneously again. But this time, they woke up with claw marks on their backs. So I guess just wider scratch marks. You know it's, what I mean? They're almost synonymous. Right. Right. And that's throughout all the sources. So something interesting too is that I wonder if like, I don't know, maybe there just isn't a lot of other source material about the Warrens talking about this doll or something because everything is the exact same story where it's like one night scratch marks, the next night claw marks. I didn't see anybody say like, isn't that kind of the same thing? Is it yeah. just a, a thicker scratch? I don't know. Do you want to listen to funk rock or funk rock? Yeah, right. It's like, eh. what? Um, so they didn't like that. So they knew of the Warrens. They called Ed out to the house to check out the scene, and he ended up taking the doll home. So he said that he's never going to destroy it or anything. It has to kind of live like this forever, and that you can never destroy an object like that because it's full of evil, and once that evil loses its home, where does it go? It's the one who destroyed it. Oh. And my question about that is, is the evil going to that person because it knows they're the one who destroyed it, or because if you're in the act of destroying something, you have close proximity, so it's just floating right into you. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder which. Yeah, maybe they almost go hand in hand in a, in a maybe. weird sense. You're the closest thing, and it's mad at you. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a twofer. Um, now we're going to move on to a pair of dolls that are known as the deaf dolls. <laughs> so these are two dolls that were bought together by a doll collector, and they're both missing their ears, which is why they're called the deaf dolls. Um, they were bought by a wealthy woman in Connecticut um, when she was in Florida for a visit or something, and she brought them back and put them in a case in the rest home that she owned. These are freaky looking dolls. I don't know why she put them in a nursing home in a case. There's nothing comforting about them. I like to torture them. Yeah. I'm here to terrorize. <laughs> or maybe she was like, oh, the people at the nursing home love freaky stuff. Maybe it was like, you know, I'll this be in a nursing home one day. I guess I would think it was cool if there was a scary doll. This will kick up some dust. <laughs> this will wake them up, but good. Hey, blue hair. Yeah. What do you think of this? You know what they thought of it? Scary. <laughs> that spooked me. Yeah. Gotcha. That's another one. That's <laughs> another one for Mila. <laughs> um, so the dolls started moving throughout the rest home, teleporting different places. They were not staying in their case they were supposed to be in. Most disturbing was when the dolls showed up in the woman's home, which uh. was like 20 miles away from the rest home. So she was like, this is not good. <laughs> and <laughs> called Ed and Lorraine. They came to check it out, and they took them. So one of the dolls, Ed says, is um, derived or made from a tradition of European black magic, and he calls it a witch doll. It's this, like, little cloth doll that is hanging by a rope and has its, like, head tilted, and it's on some sort of a stand, kind of. It doesn't have any features or anything like that. It's just, like, the shape of a person. And... um. The way it's made is that it's wrapped in some piece of the victim's clothing, 
It's propped up on a wooden stand made from something in the victim's life, like a chair. This seems hard to get your hands on to yeah. me. I'm surprised by it's that. It's a lot. Yes, it's a lot. Um, and it's hanging by its neck, and a piece of pork is wrapped around its neck. Ew. Quote from Ed, diabolical incantations are said over it. Love that phrase. As the pork deteriorates, the victim deteriorates as well with it and eventually dies. Um, this doll is made to often be hung by from a tree near the victim's bedroom for maximum oh. impact. Oh, no. The other doll out of the death dolls is Congolese, so from the Congo. And it's kind of, um, he said, like a traditional sort of voodoo doll. It has the victim's hair on its head, clothing from the victim again, and fingernail clippings on the feet. And he says, black magic is said over it. So I guess that means it's bad news for the person right. who is intended to be affected by the voodoo doll. Right. So this is the last one of the dolls and objects we're going to cover. Well, and then hold on. I yeah. just want one quick comment on the deaf dolls. Though. Sure. So <laughs> we'd already taken for granted that somebody put them in a case mm-hmm. in like a retirement home. Right. And then we find out that they had pork on them and toenails and stuff like that. I think that the pork had long since disintegrated. I okay. don't think he bought it with the pork. Okay. I think that was for its original first time use. I like had to modify my yeah. memories of yeah. like the mental image you had initially given me. Yeah. Um, I know. That definitely gave me a start too when I was watching it. Were the ears – is there any commentary on why the, why no. the ears are cut off? Is no. it to somehow remove some of their power, ability? I don't know. You know, they can't know. hear me now. He didn't refer to them – so that is something where I did a little bit of a mashup. He didn't refer to them himself as the deaf dolls and he didn't talk about the ears. Other, where, uh, other places on the internet – they call them okay. the death dolls. But I still didn't see any reference to why they didn't have ears. Interesting. So I don't know if it's like a hear no evil thing. I have no idea. Mm. But that's what we got. I don't know. We may never know. We may never know. So <laughs> that's now- <laughs> such a good button to put on something where there's like nothing else to say yeah. about it in the world of horror. We may- <laughs> Quite frankly, we may never know. We may never know. <laughs> where was I last Tuesday? We may never know. <laughs> That's a good thing to say when you don't know what else to say. Um, There's this podcast I love called Who Weekly that's about like celebrity stuff. And I don't watch Wendy Williams. I was going to say often, ever. I'm just, you know, like aware of her. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently they noticed that when somebody who she's talking to is saying something she and she doesn't know what to say, she says, audience, clap if you agree. (laughs) And she does it like a lot. Awesome. I I love that. Yeah, We may never know is a good way to cap that i have a tick that i probably shouldn't share with people but i've noticed that if somebody's trying to make me laugh uh-huh. and they say something that i don't find funny yeah i'll, I'll start going like that's a really good one <laughs> I, i'll always say that and then i'm like this is a horrible button like yeah. you know way to like transition out of here because it's the exact opposite right and if i'm pressed for more details yes there's nothing there's nothing to back it up and you're reinforcing it you're giving them praise yeah. they're like this is the kind of thing will wants. So i'm gonna give this to him more <laughs> i can't wait to give this guy more <laughs> yeah i'll be prepping more look at him he's ravenous for it he can't get enough of my joke i'll be tell i'll tell it to him again next time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was this girl that again you remember that with... joke i told you last week <laughs> he really he really loved this joke i yeah, told him last you don't want to hear it here it comes <laughs> <laughs> Round two, buddy, just for you. Encore. I'll Enc- do another one. Encore. You know huh? what? I'll do another Why one. Why not? Tuck in. For all will. <laughs> Tuck in. Tuck in. 
There was a girl at the salon you could overhear just going, that's crazy. That is so crazy. She was like not listening at all. Just oh my God, that's so crazy. Floating around her head, not really going in her ears. And I totally get it. Oh, you can sure. only think of so many things at the same time. It was funny. You, you Everybody just hear does it. this girl going, oh, that's so crazy. So crazy. Like Everybody does it. We totally. have to to survive. Of course. Yes. It was just so funny and so specific. Yeah. Okay. So... This last one that I'm going to cover today is known as the satanic idol oh, that they have at the on. occult museum. So don't get too excited. It's short, but it's good. So it's said that it was fa- and also short and good, very light on details. I don't know how the hell this got to the Warrens, Sometimes but whatever. The best stories. Yes. So it said that it was found in the woods of Sandy Hook, Connecticut, right next to Redding. Wow. Sandy Hook was directly yeah. next to Redding. Um, so... What the idol looks like, it's like a weird figure with kind of a misshapen head looking thing. To me, it almost reminded me of Dear David, but then with like horns coming out of it. It looks like it's made of paper mache or something. I'm really not sure. It's kind of lumpy. and Yes. It's a little lumpy. It looks lumpy underneath, but then smoothed over. It looks like it has a little bit of a smooth finish. Okay. And then it looks like somebody like scribbled black, green, and blue all over it. Mm. It's a weird looking thing. If you Google Warren's or like the Warren's satanic idol, it'll definitely come up. And then it has eyes painted onto it. So it has at least that feature that you can really sink your teeth into. So it's said that a hunter came across it in the woods while hunting, just doing his thing. And then this thing is just standing in the woods and he felt... He, he was like frozen when he saw it and he started feeling weak. He felt like the, the power in life was just being drained out of him. Like he came across a dementor or How something. How long did he stand there like that? I don't know. <laughs> just if you were a third party and you yeah. walked up and there's a man and a doll just standing, right. <laughs> looking at each other, Facing not moving, off. you would assume that was his doll. Yeah, of course. And that he was up to something creepy yes, in the woods. Yes, he was having fun with it in some way. You're just like, what are you doing? How are you playing? I'm not playing. I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Is this, but that's your doll, right? But that's your toy. Absolutely yeah. not. Why aren't you offering any more than the bare minimum to yeah. my questions? Can you help me? I need more context yeah. to understand what's happening. Well, guess what, Will? There was a third party, but they weren't looking to help. Oh, no. So he breaks free of the satanic idol's mental grasp, and he starts walking away when he noticed a man with white hair and a black cloak walking what every source said opposite to him. But then with context, I take that to mean parallel to him, like walking a little way across from him. Because these people were walking together. Uh. But everybody's saying opposite, which would make it sound like they were passing, yeah, they're passing each other. Them. But it's not. it doesn't seem right to me. Okay. The story goes with parallel. So they're both yes. marching. Okay. Right. So he was freaked out by this whole situation. <laughs> and he didn't know what to do. And so eventually he asked the guy, how, he, how does he get out of the woods? Because I guess he's just all discombobulated. He's at sixes and sevens. And the guy didn't say anything, and he just pointed the way out. And the guy just just booked it, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. When you walk away from the man that just points the way without talking, right. you're just waiting for, like, a tomahawk. Oh, I'd <laughs> like, so. hauling ass. I would be running with my hands straight like you just did, if you can see on video. I, I don't run or anything, but I'd be like I'd Jackie Joyner cursing it out of there. You know when like somebody's crossing the road in front yeah. of you and you're in a car and they do that half walk, half, half run? I'd be doing <laughs> yeah, that. Because they don't want to embarrass themselves I by running. I would look but, like, like I'm running. It's worse. But internally, I'd be like trying to power walk out of there. <laughs> I'd be out of there like a shot. So the guy got out of 
I'm just pointing because it's fun to do, what? which is the way out. Oh, oh, oh. There. Yeah. Uh, so the guy got out of the woods and then I couldn't find any details on how the Warrens came into the possession of this doll. <laughs> just I have, a cool story. I seriously couldn't find anything. I, I did some looking. I assume that this means this guy must have called them and then brought <laughs> hit them to the spot where it was or something. I don't know. I guess. But the Warrens got it. Um, and Lorraine said that it was one of the worst objects that she had ever come across. She said that it flung her 25 feet into the air once and that it put her once into a catatonic state for days. Seems like a, a bad mamma jamma to keep around. 25 feet is way it's too high. So high. That's I was saying the same so thing. I was high. like, so you must have been outside. Because the, the museum was in the basement. And so <laughs> did they bring the idol out? Whoa, like up through the kitchen. Did they bring the idol into the backyard real quick or something? Or maybe it was when they were, I don't know, maybe, okay, if I'm concocting this idea where the guy came to the wards and he brought them to the spot where it was, right. then maybe they were out in the woods already and Lorraine got repelled from it like she was on a trampoline. It's funny that it, it you know, blasted her in the sky 25 yeah. feet. It put yeah. her in a coma for a few days and her description of it is, this thing is just the worst. Yeah. It's, the, it's one of the worst she's ever come across. What an understatement. Well, that's not, I mean, it's not a direct quote, but it said... It, well, she, it said that it was one of the worst that she'd ever come oh, that across. Thing? That yeah. thing is the worst. Yeah. One time it threw me 25 Yo, feet that guy in the sky. sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, keep it in your home catatonic for days. That means you will like almost die. Maybe don't collect all these things under one roof. Do right. they consider that? <laughs> Again, they seem to think that this keeps them safe from others. Maybe it's not keeping you so safe from them yourself. Oh, no, that doesn't sound good to me. Can you imagine sleeping with all that stuff below you? Oh, it's really freaky. It's terrifying. Um, and where they have it, in, or well, I guess it's probably still there, but where they have it in the museum was under the haunted paintings, freestanding, which is scary to me as well, because it's big enough to be standing. It's yeah. like a couple feet tall or whatever. It's so it's just like, it's very weird. So like I said, the museum itself is closed, but the website is amazing. It's exactly the kind of website that you and I always talk about, the fact that we love it. It's like an old website with lots of little moving kind of GIF things on it. Yeah. There are, um, you know, like a flashing green skull. There are wall torches that flicker on the website. It's just a straight up black background, the entire thing with red font on it. And then when you like go to click things on the side for the menu, a little slash of red comes under them that makes it like a little bit scarier. That's great. Um, they have, and it's a very comprehensive website. Like they have, um, videos that you can watch. They have video courses. They have a tour of the museum that you can either buy or rent. You can buy for 20 bucks. You can rent it for $5.99. I didn't do it, but I actually would like to. Um, and they have pages dedicated to different things that they're highlighting in particular. So there's a page dedicated just to the story of Annabelle, because that's obviously such a popular one. And there's also a tribute page to Ed um, with a quote from him that I thought was really nice. He said, when I, somebody asked him, I guess, and I guess I like the sentiment and I also just like the real worldiness of the way it's phrased and just like, it's just kind of cute. No, I don't fear death. Not one iota. I know I'll be going to a beautiful place, a place so spectacular it defies words. Not one iota. Not one iota. I, no, I don't fear death. Not, Not one iota. I love that. He speaks like he's got a, a nice he's way of very speaking. fun to watch. Like I yeah. definitely recommend looking up clips of Ed Warren on YouTube or something. Cause yeah. I really enjoyed like doll shows. Yeah. We'll look at it. 
<laughs> just look at it. What do you think? Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so because of that, and you know, Lorraine just passed away last week, so there isn't like a tribute page to her up yet. But I wondered if Lorraine had ever like said anything about death that way that I could include mm. now that she's passed on. And I found a quote from her that's um, not, or it's, it's actually, it's not from her. It's from her son-in-law, Tony, who runs their whole website and their whole gig now that I'll get into a little bit later. But um, Warren's son-in-law, Tony Spera, said on their official Facebook page that she died peacefully in her sleep. He continued, she was a remarkable, loving, compassionate, and giving soul. To quote Will Rogers, she never met a person she didn't like. My God. I had to include that because you were in there. I hate people dragging I me I saw that this. name and I was like, Bleh. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Tony Spera, he is their son-in-law and he's in charge of the museum now, even though the museum isn't, you know, open for business, but it seems like he runs their Facebook page. He does all the kind of warranty stuff and he still holds events that are kind of under the banner and the name of the occult museum, even as recently as this past October. So, um, he will kind of bring the museum experience out into the world so people Hmm. can enjoy it. He held an event called an evening with Annabelle that I'm going to read verbatim from the website because I thought it was kind of nice and charming. So it's called evening with Annabelle. Mysterious items of the occult. Join your host, Tony Spera, as well as the NESPR uh, team for this once-in-a-lifetime event. This is your opportunity to learn about, view, and pose beside some of the most infamous and dangerous objects known to the preternatural realm. See for yourself the most haunted doll anywhere in the world, the infamous Annabelle. Subject if sub, yeah, subject if two movies with a third movie in development. Hmm. And the scary, dangerous shadow doll. The Conjuring Mirror, and a surprise fourth artifact from the Warren's Occult Museum. I'm curious about whether there was like a specific surprise artifact or if they didn't know what they were going to grab until the last minute, so they just like left it that way. They just had to get this issued. They had to write this and put it online. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It also comes with a video tour of the Warren's Occult Museum, a video of a real exorcism, and much more. Your evening will begin at a restaurant banquet room located, located in southwestern Connecticut, one of the best in Connecticut. There, you will dine on... You will dine on a fine buffet dinner consisting of chicken, fish, meat, and pasta. The location will remain private and revealed only to those who sign up for this limited chance event. Mm. So the occult museum is still alive and well in a way, in a different iteration. This guy seems kind of committed to sort of keeping it that way. And we'll see if maybe, you know, if they end up opening an actual museum space where they can have all this stuff. I would not be surprised, especially Mm -hmm. given the fact that Annabelle 3 is coming out and it features Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. And Conjuring 3 has just recently been announced to come out in 2020. It wouldn't shock me if Warner Brothers did something to Mm -hmm. either as like a stunt promotion or whatever, but it seems like maybe it would just kind of uh, breathe new life into this collection of spooky stuff. Well, even... If not more than that, like kind of equal to that, I wonder if because Lorraine was apparently sick for a few years mm. and the occult museum was in her home, maybe they didn't want to do a whole lot of shakeup or anything. Like if this zoning problem started in 2018, they're probably like, you know what, let's just let her live with all these things and, you know, not not disrupt her home while right. she's still here. So maybe now that she's passed on, they might make some moves because they won't be kind of bothering her right maybe yeah Yeah. that's interesting Mm -hmm. who knows what the future holds exactly none of us we may never know we may never know (laughs) (laughs) cool well Kristen, um tonight i'm going to tell you about something that's also similar to yours sort of like 
spanning a, a, a variety of things. Okay. A smorgasbord of short independent stories. Yeah. Uh, all housed under one umbrella. Kristen, mm. tonight on Guide to the Unknown, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the apocalypse. Ooh, okay. I've been thinking a lot about the apocalypse. Later, cool. The end of the world. Yeah. I'm not going to get into the, you know, fine detail. There are a lot of religious implications to yeah. the end of the world, the book of revelations. I'm going to touch on some of that, but I'm going to give you the glancing blows of a pop culture version. Cool. If you need more, mm-hmm. look no further than the podcast, American hysteria. Yep. The episode is called the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Our buddy, Chelsea Weber Smith. Yeah. Crushes the topic, goes into fine, fine, fine detail on multiple different versions mm-hmm. of the end of the world. Right. Also, and it's very touching. It's very touching. It's very sweet and it's uh, more personal than you might anticipate. Yeah. I highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. American Hysteria, the end of the world. Bonus points. Mm-hmm. I do some voice acting in that episode yep. of somebody who's been prepping for the end of the world. Yeah. The end is nigh. Yeah. So you'll get a little willy cameo in there. Yeah. So the one thing that I really want to talk about that comes from the Bible, the book of Revelation stuff, mm-hmm. is just the the broader idea of the way that we think about the end of the world. And one of the most popular depictions of the apocalypse yeah. uh, comes to us from the four horsemen. Oh, ah, okay. Apocalypse. Can you name all four? No. Okay. <laughs> Here's what it says. In the book of Revelation. Okay. There's a quote from the Bible. Okay. Four riders on white, red, black, and pale horses symbolizing pestilence, war, famine, and death. Famine was all I got. Mm. Yeah. Famine's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. I would. I forgot pestilence before. Yeah. I knew war and I knew death. Um, real life stuff about the doom the the world of uh, uh the apocalypse doomsday preppers uh-huh Kristen. i think i talked about it on the show i love the show doomsday preppers yeah yeah i mean it's it's fun to think about but mm-hmm. i looked into it Kristen, for the low low price or actually I'll, why don't we play another little game i'll, okay. I'll ask you trivia questions sure. about this maybe sure um i found out that there is a product that you can buy on the market it's called a bomb nato bunker okay how much does it cost is it like is it almost like a truck bed? No, kind of it's thing? an underground bunker. They would have to. Oh, it's already under it. bed. It's already underground. And everything. Because what a lot of people do is they buy like the back of a truck, right. like one of those big storage things, and then they put it underground. I think there are prefab parts to it, but what I saw looked uh, very much like a childhood drawing I, I drew of like a mansion that has a little panic room that has video games in it. Hell yeah. yeah! I, you know, what? I'm terrible at prices of stuff like that. I really have no idea. Okay, for nineteen thousand dollars. Wow. That's the low end. Yeah. You can't get a more reasonable deal than a bomb NATO bunker. Nice. Competitive pricing. Way to go. Gotta know your market. If you're spooked, gotta be bomb NATO. Yeah. Um, other models go up, obviously, into the millions mm-hmm. upon millions of dollars. You can be in the swankiest yeah. fallout bunker. Oh, yeah. You can imagine. Uh, but what are these people hiding from? What would you burrow underground to escape? Right. How did it happen? <laughs> A lot of people thought the Mayan calendar predicted the end of the world. Yes. Uh, the bare theory to this, if all of you out there knew what I knew previous to this, which is just that around 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, people were going like, well, the world's going to end in 2012. Yeah. And I would kind of go like, all right, uh, it's I not. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. so, but whatever you say. And I right. never bothered to look into it. 
Here's what, do you know what it is? No, I don't remember. It's very simple. It's a very simple story. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot oh, more wrinkles the, to it. The calendar stops, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, they have ancient Mayan calendars mm-hmm. that, uh, I guess, you know, a, a calendar is a predictable thing. Yeah. Right? You can just set it to be like, I mean, for our purposes. You set it and forget it. Set it and forget it. But, you know, you could predict future dates. Why would you ever need to stop? Right. I, you know, whatever. However, their calendar did stop. Yeah. It stopped in the year 2012. And here's what the theory was. Many believed it stopped in 2012 because an asteroid named Nibiru would destroy the Earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. What year is it now? 2019. I rest my case. <laughs> Ra- Sorry, Nibiru. Better luck next time. Better good luck trying to catch us Mayans. Yeah. <laughs> Rasputin predicted the world would end on August 23rd, 2013. Mm. He said fire would destroy the earth. Uh-oh. Eh, he wasn't around to answer for how wrong he was. Was it a particularly toasty summer at least? I bet it was. You know yeah. what? To be fair, <laughs> I bet you anything. In 2013, Allie and I might have had our first apartment. Uh-huh. It's pretty toasty. Yeah. All right, so maybe he Rasputin was onto a little something. All right, Raspy. <laughs> he may have got I me see this you. time. Yeah. Y2K. Yeah. What do you know about Y2K? That it was going to flip out the computers because of it all being zeros instead of 19 blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was going to cause like a total collapse of our infrastructure, which was like built on computers and it would cause rioting and the stock market to crash and just total chaos. Yes. Yeah. It all boils down to a very simple thing to predict. Uh-huh. All the computers were designed to record years in two digits. Right. So instead of writing 2019, 2019, you would just write one nine. Right. And it didn't occur to anyone. Like, this is eventually going to, yeah, we're going to be out of the the century that this is referring to. What's going to happen? Yeah. And so everybody thought that the year 2000, all the computers would record the year as 00. Right. And go, mm, maybe this is 1900 yeah. and undo 100 years. Right. Of technology. Progress. Yeah, yeah. Now, to be fair, I laugh at it. It's an absurd thing. Sure. History looks back on this as uh, not our finest moment. Right. Things did go wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Things went wrong. uh, uh, You know, things that were scheduled didn't get done. People's lives were... Uh, in certain like conditions in danger, but it wasn't a widespread thing. Like from a, what? Like there was like a thing with like medical equipment. Oh. Some medical equipment malfunctioned. Oh. This was a thing that they had to fix. Yeah, yeah. And some of this stuff didn't get fixed. So there were I'm surprised there was medical equipment that even takes into account the year. I know. Yeah. It was something like that. I may not be getting that one hundred percent right. I admit it. Yeah. <laughs> but um for sure there were actual like Horrible things that yeah. were associated with Y2K. For some people out there, Y2K was something that came true. Right, it right. It was a problem. Yeah. For the world at large, like statistically, that was such a, a you know minority of the things that happened that it's just right. like, yeah. Well, people thought just they're going to be- programmed to have a four-digit year. Right. People thought there were going to be riots in the streets and it was going to be total anarchy. Yeah. Like people are just going to be like bombing each other for no reason stuff just because they couldn't, they couldn't like, you know- register it right. as a crime or something like that. So they, I, I remember people thinking that it was going to be absolute pandemonium. Yes. Now, you and I w- were there. Yeah. Many people were, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> that was merely 19 years ago. Yes. But, you know, you were uh, 17-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you were 17. I would have been 14. Yeah. I have no real-world recollection of any of this stuff. I I remember, like, anecdotal evidence of right. people flipping out about this stuff. I don't have any stories myself of not particularly. I mean, we moved to 
Connect- uh, no, to New Jersey, I think, yeah. on New Year's Eve of 2000. I think it was Y2K. Yeah. And Maybe we were busy. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were a little busy. I remember being on the floor in my new room watching MTV and crying. <laughs> yeah, I remember somebody helped move us into the house and a cat came into the house with us. And for some oh. reason, she sat in my new bedroom with me. Oh, I don't remember the cat that. And talking to me for so long that I was like, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. The person who was helping us move in? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was weird. Ugh. In some yeah, I remember, sense. I didn't, I didn't have a great Y2K No, it wasn't years. a great Y2K. No. I didn't. I, I hadn't really considered that, but you're right. Yeah. In some sense, a world did end. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my teeth. Yes. Our, our world's ended in 2000. Whoops. So we were actually younger. It was 16 and 13. Whoops. Yeah, yeah you're right. 16 and 13. Um, <clears throat> now, there were still people that are predicting the end of the world. Uh-huh. You know, 2012 came and went. Yeah. And yeah, you got it. collectively shrugged. And a, a key few people went, right, well, no, but, you because know, because yeah. in 2026 is when the real spicy ones yeah, come. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready for that. Get your bomb NATO. Yeah. There's a, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to go through them. Again, I don't want to dip into, like, you look close enough with this stuff. You look closer in the magnifying yes. glass, and it's all upsetting and disturbing. Totally. Um, I'm not going to get into the specifics. I will say That's there's a fine. Wikipedia article that documents all the times the Earth has been predicted to, uh-huh. to Kablamo, and all the times it will be. Yeah. Uh, you know, will be Ending. escaping by the skin yeah. of our teeth right. in the future. There are four entries. That claim it'll happen sometime in the next 20 years. Okay. There are three entries that say it'll happen in the next 100 years. Mm -hmm. There are 11 entries saying that will happen in billions of years. Okay. And now we get out to the spooky stuff. Yeah. It's like, well, the Earth, like the moon is orbiting the Earth. Technically, the the moon is falling towards the Earth. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Uh The Earth is orbiting the sun. Technically, that's falling towards the sun. Why is it technically falling? Couldn't it just be... It's being pulled in by the gravitational pull. Oh, uh, well... Take billions of years, but someday we're going to fall into the sun. Is that for real? <laughs> we may never know. <laughs> Audience, clap if you agree. <laughs> <laughs> I will also throw this one out there. This is not part of the notes. It's a whole yeah. shlemiel that we don't have time for. Uh-huh. But there are also people that are dedicated to staving off the end of the world. Yeah. Oh, how are they going to do that? Russia 2045 yeah. is an organization uh, that Bobby and I found out about on our old podcast, Will and Bobby Know Everything. Their whole deal is essentially upload your mind to the internet. Yeah. And they had a step-by-step process of how you do it. And it was fascinating. Yeah. It involves all of us having robot butlers to start. Mm-hmm. Then we transfer our minds into the robot butler. Yeah. <laughs> then we go online. Right. Um, but I'm kind of fascinated by that stuff. That would probably be fun for a deeper dive in the future, like all yeah. the ways that we're trying to prolong. Yeah. You know, humanity. Yeah. Um, all right. Pop culture, the end of the world. Wikipedia has this broken into types of apocalypses, which I oh, find kind cool. of interesting. Uh, there are the environmental disasters. Yeah. Think the movie uh-huh. 2012, which was trying to play off of the fear I that I the know world about would that movie. End. Really? Who's in that? Jake Gyllenhaal. It's called 2012? No, that's called The Day After Tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. There is a movie called 2012. I don't I don't know. Well, there is. Okay. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like The Day After Tomorrow is mm-hmm. like, you know, all the, the weather stuff, yeah. the global 
warming. Yeah, it's like floods with waves that are as big as like the Chrysler building and stuff. Exactly. I hate so, that kind of movie. Because it's plausible and It happening. freaks me out. Yes. I really hate it. I was thinking about that when we were watching um, The Avengers. Like beforehand, they had a trailer for Godzilla. I've seen this trailer like a thousand times at this point, And I hate it. Yeah. It genuinely scares me. The, the idea of like animals and environmental stuff that's that big that you can't control it. I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is the equivalent of like a horror movie for some people for me. It really yeah. bothers me. I really hate it. It's like it. a paranoia movie. It's it's yeah. it's happening. I tr- I can't stand it. It makes me want to jump out of my skin. Yeah. I don't even like watching these trailers. Godzilla is way too big. Yeah. We might live it. Way too big. Oh, he's way too big. I agree. I hate it. It freaks me out. Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. These, yeah. these kinds of movies make me very like itchy and uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think it's... I don't know. I, I, it's strange to me that we like delight in seeing this kind of thing. I know. I don't find you know? delightful at all. I, no. Look, give me the curse of La Llorona all day. Yeah. I don't want 20 minutes of Godzilla. Yeah, true. Um, all right. Technological mm-hmm. uh, ends of the world, such as Terminator Matrix. Yeah. Um, you know, the technology that we built at some point turns on us. Mm-hmm. In Terminator's case, yeah. there's all these physical robot creatures that knock out humanity mm-hmm. um in the matrix it was kind of the russia 2045 thing it was yeah. basically like you know let's use the humans and put them in the internet right let's put their minds in the internet but it's not a good thing yeah the yeah. rise of siri yeah that's true she's coming for us she is um astronomical end of the world i thought this was an interesting category mm-hmm. there aren't that many pop culture examples where you'd be like oh yeah of course that yeah but, um i found out that there was an early story from 1901 called The Purple Cloud by M.P. Scheel, where a poisonous cloud kills everyone. Oh. It's almost like the the blob. It's sort of – um, I guess it's almost like an alien apocalypse, but not really because yeah. it's also still just like a natural formation right. kind of a thing. Or it's like the Joker's balloons. Yeah, it is like the Joker's balloons. So with the gas. Yeah. Well, let's keep it interstellar. Let's talk about aliens mm-hmm. at the end of the world. Yeah. Um. There is, uh, you know, the team that made Shaun of the Dead uh, went on to make more movies, mm-hmm. one of which was called The Oh, yeah, World's I never saw End. that. Really? Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah, it's, I wanted it's to. nowhere near as, like, tight and, and mm-hmm. you know, the, that Shaun of the Dead is, like, a I love those guys. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a really good time. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, aliens are coming here attacking people. I'll say no more. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie The Quiet Place made a big splash last year mm-hmm. with uh, John Krasinski. Yep. The aliens have won. Yes. And so now we all have to hide. Yeah. Any of these movies where, um, you know, uh, uh, the human race is pushed underground because a new species is mm-hmm. higher up on the food chain. Yeah. We got to be careful. That's the alien apocalypse. Yeah. Scarcity. Mad Max. There is no water anymore. We all turn oh, feral. We ugh. turn on each other. I hate Mad Max. I don't like that either. I hate it. I don't like it either. It's so dusty. When it's, <laughs> I've got no use for it. It's too dusty. It's dusty. Have you ever seen the original Mad Max? No. It's like, it, it's in, unintelligible. I don't know what the hell is going on in that movie. Yeah. I don't understand how it became a cult classic. The The most recent one. From a few years I back know. with Charlize Theron is pretty great. Not for me. It's gross. Yeah. Pretty great. No, it's yeah. disgusting. Absolutely um, not. I get why people love it. I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But my sensibilities did not allow me to enjoy that. In fact, they allowed me to hate it. I, I really don't like it when we are when there are stories of humans that are pushed to such desperation that mm-hmm. their minds snap and we all turn against each other. Uh-huh. That's not that's yeah. not for me. No. It just makes me feel gross. Yeah. It can be entertained it by it. It made me but feel like, disgusting. I will 
I will more often than not go out of my way to avoid stories like that. Yeah. Rather than willingly watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, it's like representing just our id. Yeah. Nothing but id and how fun it is to watch that. It makes me feel bad. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because I, I also don't, uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree that things would go that way on such a large yeah. widespread scale. Are we all that awful? Part of the reason that I've also some I just don't think so. I've kind of avoided the um the purge. Series. Oh god. <laughs> I went to go see one of them with Ryan. Yeah. And it was entertaining, but like yeah. the entire time I'm like, why are you all doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I've only I think I've talked about this on the show. I've only seen The Purge 2, which I've heard is way inferior to The Purge, mm-hmm. and I had nightmares about it twice in one week after I saw it. Wow. The Purge freaks me uh, out. It's not fun. Yeah, all this stuff you're talking about is the stuff that actually scares me. Yes. Horror movie stuff doesn't Well, you know, it'll scare me a little bit, but this bothers me. It bothers me. It gets yeah. under my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two more categories they've got. Mm-hmm. One is pandemic. Oh, I'm, I'm throwing zombies in here. Yeah. Zombie virus turns us all into undead. Oh, I also don't love a pandemic. Zomb- zombie thing's a little different because it's a little bit more removed. Right. But you Whatever know. that movie was where Nicole Kidman had the snuff. I was trying to remember. I, was, I just thought, what was that movie? Sneeze? It was um, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Ryan and I saw it in theaters. Sneeze with yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah, I don't remember, but I remember it was upsetting. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's a great actress. She's great. You never, you don't see her as an actress a whole lot anymore. She's so goopy. Yeah. She's great. She's enveloped in goop. Yeah. Um, and then here's a category I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Oh. On Wikipedia, there is a category of apocalyptic storytelling just called a cozy catastrophe. I'm going to read Well, I guess you. there's like cozy murders and cozy. Yeah. I guess it's, yeah. Okay. Check this out. This is from Wikipedia. The Cozy Catastrophe is a style of post-apocalyptic science fiction that was particularly prevalent after World War II among British science fiction writers. Hmm. They had just survived, obviously, a global-scale horrifying event. Right. They were finding some way to be comforted. To kind of defang it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A Cozy Catastrophe is typically one in which civilization comes to an end and everyone is killed. Except for the main characters. Except for the good people. Who survive relatively unscathed and are then freed from the prior constraints of civilization. Oh. The term was coined by Brian Aldiss in Billion Year Spree, the history of science fiction. Aldiss uh, was directing his remarks at English author John Wyndham, especially the novel The Day of the Triffids whose protagonists were able to enjoy a relatively comfortable existence with little associated hardship or danger despite the collapse of society. Oh, how nice. That That doesn't sound so bad. A cozy catastrophe. Yeah. the world's gone, but at least we're all together. That's a great phrase. Those are two great words to go together. A cozy catastrophe. cozy catastrophe. That's awesome. I may just have a recent fondness for the word cozy. Someone described it. Guide to the Unknown yeah. is cozy, and I that's can't one get of my, of my favorite words. Now. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, I also looked into it a little bit. Day of the Triffids is about um, giant carnivorous plant monsters. Oh, okay, pretty cozy. Yeah, I also think that's more cozy than curling up in a Venus flytrap. Mm, you're right. You know, Snuggly. it envelops you. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like a snuggie, swaddled, <gasps> swaddled. I believe the Triffids are referenced in the uh, uh, Rocky Horror intro song. Oh, okay. Um. Uh. It's just a triffid to the left and then a triffid to the right. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's a line that goes, uh, uh, it's a triffid that spits poison and kills. Like a science fiction double feature. Okay. Um, uh, uh, One goofball 
apocalypse I want to talk about just because I, I have a fondness for it, even though I know nothing about it. Yeah. There's an X-Men story uh-huh. where there's a mutant named Apocalypse, uh, and he's here to destroy the world. Yeah. And so he needs his four horsemen. Oh. And so he ends up, you know, co-opting Professor Xavier and Wolverine and Storm and I think Rogue uh-huh. and turning them into his horsemen. Oh, God. They're going to help him destroy the world. How the hell did they get out of that one? I don't know. Yeah. We may never we may, know. We may never know. I saw it's the a, movie. It's a mystery. I saw the movie they made of it, and I yeah. don't recall. I, they made we a, may never know. They made a movie of that? Oh, it's notoriously bad. It came out only a few years ago. What? It's called X-Men Apocalypse. Really? It had With, Oscar like, Jennifer Isaac. Lawrence and everybody? Uh-huh. It had Ice, Oscar Isaac, who's uh-huh. wonderful. Yeah. He's an incredible... Oh, yeah. Person. I love him. He played Apocalypse, and people compared him to... I actually don't think to, I saw that. Like... Senor Fudge or whatever his name is from the Power Rangers movie. Ivan Ooze. Oh. Is his name. Oh. I, I don't think I saw that one. It was terrible. Huh. Huh. But that brings us back to the four horsemen. Yeah. Death, famine, war, pestilence. Mm-hmm. Kristen? Yeah. Let's wrap this sucker up. You're not going to ask me what pestilence means, are you? <laughs> what does pestilence mean? Buggies? You're kind of close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Um, death. Mm-hmm. What are the apocalypses of death? This is now my categorization. Yeah. I would categorize this as the apocalypse of um, – uh, similar to the zombies but not mm-hmm. quite. This is the apocalypse where humankind has been eradicated by a sort of um, insidious force that takes over their minds. Think yeah. vampires. Mm. You're dead yet alive. Yeah. You're literally the living dead. The apocalypse of death is stories like I Am Legend or The Omega Man. Oh, okay. The Omega Man. The Omega Man. <laughs> the Lego Man. <laughs> Famine apocalypse. Famished. Yeah. You're <laughs> hungry. Endlessly. Zombies. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 28 Days Later. You. Oh, what a way to be. I know. This is the eternity where yeah. if you succumb to the zombie virus, your one driving motivation is to feed. You know, I never thought Nothing of them. Nothing consoles you. I never thought of them in that way, like as hungry. Yeah. I guess I assumed that they were having some sort of downtime between feedings where they didn't need them. No. But yeah, they're just ravenously hungry all the time. They could never have enough, I guess. I truly Ugh. didn't really think about it until I started to categorize these yeah. things. That famine, because I was like, well, I wonder how, you know, how does pop culture hold up to the four horsemen? Right. Not that it needs to. I just thought for yeah, fun. Yeah, sure. Uh, and famine fit very neatly yes. into zombies. Where it's just like you you always want something and right. you never get it. You never Ugh. get enough. You're right. never satisfied. Right. You're always chasing it. And that's their entire existence. Yeah. Is just the pits of like need. Right. Yeah. God, it feels like my existence a little bit. <laughs> nom, nom, <laughs> nom. R- rough stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, the Horsemen of War. Mm-hmm. When I think war and the apocalypse, all I can see is a robot – skeletal foot crushing human skulls at the beginning of Terminator 2. <laughs> that is war. Yeah. Terminator is all about soldiers and organization. And, and Linda Hamilton's guns. Hell yeah. Coming yeah. back soon. She's yeah. in the next one. I know. Uh, so I'm calling uh, the apocalypse of war mm-hmm. stories like the good. Terminator. Yeah. Which leaves us with pestilence. Right. What could it be? A story of, well, of illness, humankind being wiped out, bug-like infestations. There's only one thing that comes to mind, but it doesn't even exist yet. What? It's a story called Earthbreak. 
a few suggestions for survival, with additional hints and tips about how to make yourself more comfortable during the alien apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And it stars Jenny Slate. Yeah. It is directed by Aaron Katz. It was written by Morgan Ormond, and it was associate produced Mm -hmm. by Will Rogers. Yeah. Me. Brand new show. This has all been a prank. (laughs) To be able to tell you about it because I'm very excited about it, very proud of it, and I can finally uh, start directing you to the place where it's going to come out. Yeah. It's a post-apocalyptic story of one woman at the end of the world. It is funny. uh, It is very upsetting and scary. Mm -hmm. And I really think that you're all going to love it. Yeah. Look for at Earthbreak Pod on all social media. Episodes one and two are going to be out on Tuesday, May 7th. Not only that, this weekend, Kristen and I are going to go to the Tribeca Film Festival to premiere yeah. the show. Um, and there you go. Yeah, Earth it's going to be awesome. The Apocalypse of Pestilence. That's right. Coming soon to infect your phones. That's right. I can't nice. wait. But there you go. Yeah. In all honesty, I also just kind of like looking up stuff about the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Of course. Some glancing blows about the history of the apocalypse and pop culture kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I did not know very much about the apocalypse as it turns out. No. Plus, I didn't really tell you much about it. I told you. I know more than I did before. Very selective I had history. never heard of a cozy catastrophe. I had never heard of that. That was like, never that's come like the crowning that. gem of this research to me yeah. was finding that. I, that's a wonderful two-word phrase. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's like when we discovered the morbid youth, a cozy oh, catastrophe. Oh, yeah, the morbid youth. That's a very like, cool it's thing. It's very satisfying. It just like tickles your brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The morbid youth were youths in France who were giving themselves like messed up like choppy haircuts to kind of signify like the guillotine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, amazing. Yeah, it's kick ass. Amazing. Uh, but there you go. Yeah. That's it, guys. That's it. So thank you so much for hanging out. I hope that you enjoyed the show. And before we're back next week, you can follow us online everywhere at GTTU pod. It would be awesome if you guys left us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you want to leave a review, Facebook, whatever podcast app you use. We would super, super appreciate it because it helps people listen to the show when they see that there are good reviews for it. Otherwise, they're just like, eh, these are just randos. I'm not into it. Yeah. Um, we'd also really appreciate it if you donated to us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash pod. And you can donate anything you want. It can be a recurring donation or just um, a one-time thing. And you can just kind of think of it as like a tip for us putting out this entertainment for you every week. Yeah. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Yeah. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. It's yeah. so, so much fun to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get more involved in the show, maybe talk to other people that also enjoy yeah. it, go Would check love out that. facebook.com slash groups slash pod to join our little secret society. Yeah. It's really, really cool. People post cool stuff in there all throughout the week, like memes, articles. I get ideas for show topics from there sometimes. Yeah. There's like cool, interesting, interested people in the group who are sharing spooky stuff that you can talk to. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, and please do follow at EarthbreakPod yes. on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if you're listening to this in a timely manner. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because on Saturday, we're going to be at Tribeca, and there's going to be a lot of uh, you know pictures, videos, mm-hmm. maybe even some live streamy type stuff. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Please check that out. Please uh, uh, look for it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to talk to Kristen or myself, we're also online. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I am at the myth traveler so until next week when we once again convene in this uh, uh bunker yeah <laughs> to talk about spooky stuff we gotta go good that whoop. 
I was doing so right. well. We <laughs> we must tr- wait. Hold on. Let me re- let me reset this. Okay. Table. Okay. Right, ready? Ready? <clears throat> Who loves spooky stuff? We and you. We'll see you next week. But until then, we must travel back to the netherworld. Go away. Bye bye. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>